1: Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow pow pow. I'm Sam Mr Delaney, so well. what? Uh, my second and third pow there seem to just melt into each other, so I'll do them again. Pow pow pow. Nice. There we go. Um, it's the latest episode of the Rod Hull Odyssey, we're looking at the Rod Hull This Is Your Life episode. From 1983, which was on ITV, presented by Eamon Andrews. I I haven't looked to see if it's still there. Like the rabies video, some could might have took it down. Because we're getting a bit too close to the truth, I don't know. But I hope it's still there, if you have a look for it. I've got notes, I'm just working from notes now. Um, At the end of the last episode, we had uh, Rod's dad, Len. uh, With his white hair and his bushy chin beard. (laughs) <laughs> uh, covering his massive chin. Yeah. His, um, he had a nice frilly dress shirt on and a, what looked like a velvet jacket and a bow tie. Properly dressed up for This Is Your Life. Yeah, of highlight course. of his, his year.
2: His life. Guess. Imagine highlight that life, going you know? on your son's This Is Your Life. It'd yeah. be a great feeling.
1: Because it was a massive thing, wasn't it? Yeah. This Is Your Life, I'm thinking... It was always hard possibly to get all the way through it when you were a kid. You'd lose interest really yeah. the longer it went on.
2: Yeah. you tune I'd in to see interest. who it was and I'd and, and lose and how interest they get in the non celebrity bits. Yeah, that bit at the beginning was yeah. good. The bit where the celebrities that's come the bit, on. That's
1: the essential bit.
2: But then when it was just someone who they used to work with or an old schoolmate, I'd be like ah fat yeah. this. Because when you're yeah. a kid, you don't appreciate... Now, I think I can appreciate that stuff. Like, I'm just interested in the dad as I am in whatever, Larry Grayson. But yeah. um, but back then, you, you, I don't know, you're not yet... When you're a kid, you're not really interested in, like, the human existence at all. You just no. want non-stop gratification.
1: You just want the quick thrills. Yeah, You just you want, want quick to thrills. There's no it's depth
2: to your perception of life, really.
1: You're basically having a look to see if it's going to be a footballer or a pop star. Yeah. When's right, Kevin yeah. Keegan coming up? Mom, <laughs> do you reckon Ronaldo's
2: Kevin Keegan? I fucking hope so. He's always uh, funny. Kevin Keegan
1: comes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kevin, imagine, imagine if Kevin Keegan brought Evie on. That'd be amazing. Mum, do you think Alvin
2: Stardust's going to be on this one? <laughs> do you think he's going <laughs> to sing a song? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Why well, hasn't sucks from Madness been on this yes, yet? Always. I was going to say he's, that. Basically, he's not old enough.
2: whenever I watched Jim will fix it, right, all I fucking wanted was for Madness to be on it. And they were on it maybe maximum twice in the whole history yeah. of the show. But I watched it, and most of the fix-its were like, shit. It was like, yeah. fix it for me to groom a horse, right? Mm. or fix it for me to draw the fucking Houses of Parliament, right? It'd be like yeah. really shit-boring stuff. But once in a while, someone would ask to perform with a pop band, and he'd fix that. And yeah. so, one, once, maybe twice, it was madness. And I'm not joking, it fucking drew me in week after week, year after year. Just in and case. I never enjoyed it. It was just on the off chance that, maybe they're going to do that madness thing again. Maybe yeah. someone else is asked to be yeah. playing what- with madness.
1: But we'd be like, please fix it for me to post a letter at Land's End and then deliver it to John O'Groats. Yeah. Fucking what?
2: Fuck rock- I, I tell you what, I don't... I mean, this is in the in the plethora of, like, historical crimes surrounding that particular television franchise mm. and its participants. This is pretty low down the level. But I've always suspected that those fucking fix weren't real. I always thought they were dreamt up by the production team.
1: I think they probably were. I think someone's probably confessed that.
2: Uh, And I I don't believe that there was enough... Because the things... What you just described is classic. And I just (laughs) didn't know any kid when I was Mm. a kid who was like, would want to do something like that because it just sounded shit. It was like record breakers in a way. Like grown-ups ideas of what would be a fun thing for a kid were never yeah. really what kids were really into. Well can,
1: well, can you imagine the state of the mailbag they got every week? They'll have been completely improbable. Just, Please, can you fix it for me to go to Jupiter?
2: Yeah. Please, can you fix it no. for me to go to America? That's it. That's the end of my Please. fix. Yeah, what? And do <laughs> what? Do something amazing? No, just go to America. What are you going to do? I don't know. Since Statue of Liberty, get a load of hot dogs. Right. Can That'd you fix right. it for me to go to the sweet shop and eat loads of sweets till I'm sick?
1: Yeah, for like every week they'll have had four hundred, please can you fix if for makes score gal at Wembley? Yeah, which exactly. they will have done once, but you can only do it once.
2: Yeah, and it would have or been maybe shit once every five it years. It would have just been an empty stadium, and a kid would yeah. have run, and they'd have got quite a third tier player to like maybe be in yeah. goal
1: yeah but and then it'll have been please can you fix it for me to have a kestrel on my arm and then that they will have done that
2: because
1: <laughs> yeah. they had access to a kestrel we've, or something. Got, we've
2: got a kestrel and, we in, can in do truth, that one nobody...
1: <laughs> listen you rang up, up you you wrote in about wanting to play at Wembley well we can't do that but you can come on if you'll have a kestrel on your arm are you interested no, in kestrel oh right, yeah
2: Now, because we've got a uh, we've got an actual BBC kestrel it's in house so it'll cost us now basically it's kept inside in the prop cupboard and we can just There's get it out mice. yeah uh, Ken, the BBC Kestrel.
1: (laughs) Ken the Kestrel. (laughs) I mean, I wonder if there's an episode guide of Jim Will Fix It, which just goes through what all the fixits were. It's a a fairly safe way of looking at um, Jim Will Fix It, I suppose. Mm. Without having to deal with... um,
2: The best thing about um, Jim Will Fix It was the theme tune. I really liked it. Ba, 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 ba. It one of those theme tunes that really makes you think Saturday night. You know that sort of excitement yeah. you have about Saturday night? Even yeah. if you're a kid and you're not doing fuck all on Saturday night, you're just staying in and watching telly, right? Yeah. Which is all I would be doing. Nevertheless, there was a huge excitement about the prospect of Saturday night. I suppose because the telly mm. was better and you didn't have to go to bed at your usual time. And that particular thing, just as Play Your Cards Right theme tune, to me... Was synonymous with Friday night. Jim will fix it's theme tune was synonymous with that, the heady excitement of immersing yourself into Saturday evening.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then Sunday night, of course, was the most sedate stuff like Last of the Summer Wine.
2: Sunday um, night to uh, me is. Um, and
1: songs of Praise. And, and there's that South dread of Show, going back to school. Which is a good theme South tune.
2: It was yeah. a good theme tune, but it nevertheless, it made you a bit sad and depressed because you knew what was coming.
1: It was, it was almost bedtime as well, wasn't you it? You think, well, this year.
2: cunt brags going to introduce some shit that I'm not interested in, and then I'm going to have to go to bed anyway.
1: Yeah. Fucking hell. Peter Cushing, <clears throat> the actor, mm. wrote to Jim Will Fixit in 1986 to ask if a variety of rose could be named after his late wife. Fuck. It's not for Peter Cushing. They're in the Jim O'Fiction. Of C-
2: Cushing, this is for kids. It's not for fucking yeah. privileged celebrities like you. If you want a fucking, fucking rose hell. named after your wife, then you can sort that yourself via your usual, via your lawyer and agent and your accountant.
1: Jesus. In 2011, after Savile's death, the show returned for a one-time Christmas special, with Shane Ritchie as the host. Oh. And Lewis Hamilton guest starred, as did Kimberly Walsh from Girls Aloud. So that was in the, the perineum period between Savile's death and him and being the, uh, exposed. Mm, different times. Different times. Anyway, let's not dwell on Jim much we'll too much. No,
2: let's get back to um, This Is Your Life.
1: But it did run for 20 series for 19 years. Oh my God. Um, so, yeah this is your life a bugler has come on yeah uh, it turns out that Rod used to play in the St John's Ambulance band
2: now the the bugler comes on and he is like th- this is the thing about this is your life you get celebrities <laughs> who can milk it come on do a great little turn be very funny yeah. tell an anecdote great that's the good bit <laughs> then you yeah. might get family members like his old man who are unused to being in a situation like this, but kind of rise to the occasion a little bit and have a laugh. And that reveals yeah. a little bit more the human side of the celebrity. Cause you see him interacting. And then you get someone like and, this. And,
1: and they're, they're around, obviously they're around people. They know well, they're yeah. around family. People then you get someone old, like this, so who
2: feels like the, a complete fish out of water. Rod Tull doesn't actually remember him that well. So he's just been brought on to add a little bit of variety and color. But Rod Hole's like, oh yeah, I kind of remember you. And the geezer's like, sort of thrilled to be on TV, but the cunt <clears> freezes. <throat> he's got one fucking cool sto- he's got one anecdote, and it's not even yeah. that good. But in the hands of a decent raconteur, it could be all right. To cut a long story short, there's a story, sounds far-fetched, that Rod was in this band playing his bugle, and a bird shat on the mouthpiece. And some good shit. It. Some I'm of the shit went in Rod's mouth. That's how I would have told it. If it was me, he comes. I could have made and it all did. right. They could Here have just said, What happened? Right, Sam, you were in a beagle ba- your bugling band with Rod Hole. Tell us a funny thing that happened. Right, we were playing once and a bird flew over and it shat on his bugle and some of the shit got in his mouth. Thank you very much. Now go and sit down. Can I sit next <laughs> to Sally James? No, you cannot. Sit next to his dad. <laughs> right. Those and,
1: seats have been rubbed off.
2: And uh but the cunt freezes. You he star- hear it? Yeah.
1: Here he comes. Thirty years ago, Bill Jarvis. Bill Jarvis. Great name. He's <laughs> got the bugle in his hand. There's that music. <laughs> not, not a very pleasant din. What had gone wrong with with Ross bugle playing? No, don't tell him. <laughs> Do tell him. Well, I'm on that day, see.
2: Poor
1: Rod. Ben struck up, and a <laughs> bird was flying over the top. Well, What's Rod steps else in. about Did
0: something on the mouthpiece. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he gets
2: he gets yeah. all of three seconds into the anecdote before Rod, yeah. who of course is a pro, steps a in. Pro. It's like this. He it's does. like at that point, to me, is like your fucking trainer. He's throwing in the towel. Uh, uh, that you've been in the ring. He's fucking, you're three seconds into round one. And the coach has jumped in and gone, no, that's enough. Here's the white, here's the towel, right? I'm throwing it in, right? And Rod just goes, yeah, okay, yeah. And the bird's shot on be trumpet. All right, go on, fuck off now. <laughs> right? that. And the poor bloke, you can see in his eyes, he knows that he's failed. He's, he's. This is his one and only chance to ever be on TV. He's told all his mates. He's gone, well, yeah. poor Rod. And then there's a long pause. And Rod's like, sorry, that, that, that mate.
1: Day. Sorry, um, mate.
2: I'm fit. No you've had your chance <laughs> I'm stepping in I'm finishing this anecdote <laughs> and you're going to go and sit it up the back yeah it was poor and, afterwards- and even, even Eamon Andrews has like a slight you can see a slight twitch in Andrews his, his, his consummate Mr <laughs> Smooth demeanour is compromised momentarily when he's thinking and he's thinking to himself right, someone a production assistant's going to get the high jump for this I insisted that this bugling cunt was coached properly <laughs>
1: Yeah, I wanted them to rehearse life.
2: this story with him a minimum of twenty times, and clearly yeah. they haven't. And after Sabina, we did. He was fine in rehearsals. He told. We heard him tell the same story twelve times. It was fine. It was good. We just can't account for how he's going to react once we go in live and Rod's in the room with him.
1: It's like the the bit where it all goes is where he comes out with the bugle. Yeah, and Rod just says to him, "Don't don't tell him."
2: <clears throat> yeah yeah don't tell don't him don't tell him about me getting and, a bird shit the in the my mouth oh should I
1: not Should I not say the story then oh and yeah him and Ian goes no tell us no no, tell don't, us. no
2: just do it as we rehearse for fuck's sake ignore him yeah ignore him he's not in charge <laughs> I'm in charge tell the story about the shit in his mouth <laughs> tell it tell it you wee cunt you are don't. fucking this show's already struggling <laughs> the father let us down badly the fa- we were hoping the father would be better it wasn't that good it was about him giving him a piggyback through some rain. It wasn't so good. It was okay, <laughs> but we needed something big, and I had
1: high hopes the, with this bird and sitting and in the, the far mouth far story. The father's come out dressed like some kind of maniac. Nobody could have accounted for that. <laughs> we're playing catch-up here. He looks like a murderer. He, we're playing
2: catch-up here. There's a lad riding on this. Now, turn the fucking story for fucks sake and make sure it's good.
1: But don't Oh, don't you're say fucked
2: shit. it, you cunt. I, can't have, <laughs> is... I can't believe this. We are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> right, I tell you what, we're going to have to get Emu out here No, we're going to have to This show's a car crash now People are going to want to see Emu Get him out
1: <laughs> oh, He's just on a fucking trolley <laughs> no yeah, one's Looking dead no one's Dead he out. Out. And here is oh, Emu, he's currently sleeping He's, he's sleeping <laughs> Right, perhaps you could wake
2: Emu up and do a little turn Because the show's gone a little bit flat footed <laughs> Go on, pick him up. But you, you, you can attack me if you want, Rod. It's no problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, hell. Yeah.
2: Size of uh, and Andrews, mate. Imagine him in a rack.
1: Well, and Andrews afterwards will have gone to town on this bugler oh, when yeah. it's all over. Come here, griefing con- him. You, what the fuck was that? You.
2: Afterwards, they have drinks in the green room and they're you all there. You,
1: asshole. Over <laughs> here.
2: You. you bugling conscience. Get over here now. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll put that fucking bugle where the sun don't shine. <laughs> Who the fuck do you gone, think? <laughs> 30 fucking years in this industry, I've never had a car crash like that before on my watch. There's
1: one thing I can guarantee, that bugle's definitely going to have shit on its mouthpiece when I'm finished. <laughs> I, I'm going to ram that fucking bugle up my own ass.
2: Then I'm going to pull it up <laughs> and make you play me watch and tell you on it, you cunt. Yes, in front of everyone. Sally James, Larry Grayson, Keith Chegwin. <laughs> it's your worst nightmare come true. They're all gonna be watching while you play the bugle with my shit all over your mouth. Even Rod's weird dad. <laughs> and they're all gonna be laughing and laughing and laughing <laughs> at you. Your career as a bugler is over. <laughs>
1: And you're clear with the St John's Ambulance probably hangs in the balance as well. I've had words with them. I've got connections with my friends from the lodge.
2: It's the five Legion for you, you cunt. High up in the St John's Ambulance. And let me tell you, I've spread some nasty rumours about you. (laughs) Oh, dear me. (laughs) The Um, bugler fucked it. I bet Rod wasn't happy either. That cunt. Oh, no I never even liked him when we did it. Even back then. I don't know where you dug that old cunt up from. He's only got one story and I had to finish it for him. I'm,
1: I'll be honest, I don't even recognise him. Don't remember him at
2: all. I remember the birds shitting in my mouth, but I was rather... That was buried for life. It's the last thing I need. I do a lot of children's entertainment. I don't need them looking at me imagining birds shitting my mouth. I'm planning my next big show. It's all set in a pink windmill. I'm this close to getting it commissioned and now this cunt's turned up and probably fucked me chances.
1: I've been getting away with having a hand up a bird's ass for 15 years and now people are going to be starting to think about it. People are going to start asking questions
2: and that's the yeah. last thing I need.
0: <laughs> I'm a very private man. Jalapeño. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long Jalapeño
1: Let's see the rest of the anecdote Right, he has a a marvellous message And this poor message Was sent from the seagull Landed right on the The mouthpiece And that's why he ended up with the sour note There you (laughs) are He got there in the end He got through at the end Mm. The bird left a message It was a seagull On his mouthpiece He
2: shambled his Uh, way through that
1: Yeah, and it left a sour note So, uh, yeah that's very good Um... What happens after that? Oh, it's the... um, It turns out that Len, his dad, Mm. was a bus conductor. Mm. Um, And he's got that kind of bus conductor vibe about him, I think, when you know that.
2: I imagine him being quite a benign bus conductor, actually.
1: (laughs) Let's be honest, some of them
2: were cunts. We've been through this before, don't want to antagonise the bus conductor community. Some of them were cunts, but some of them were lovely. And Rod Hull's senior strikes me as one of the nicer ones.
1: Yeah, he probably have a few gags. Maybe it's a bit of a song.
2: Andy, do you remember um, with their little... I mean, I don't know if they had this in Sunday, they probably did, though. Do you remember their little ticket things?
1: The machine? Yeah. With, with the, the handle, handle on it. it? Yeah. Oh! Fuck.
2: Fuck me. They hung it round their neck, e- didn't they? Beer And they'd go... And turn their little handle twice, and out would come your little ticket.
1: Because we talked about the, the leather coin bag before, didn't we?
2: And we've talked a lot about the postmasters at the post office. Stamp, 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 stamp. And this, to me, goes in the same hall of fame of things you want, things you coveted as a child. You wanted the postie stamp, stamp. You wanted the milkman's coin bag. And you wanted the uh, ticket machine of the uh, bus conductor. Have you found it? I
1: found one. Yeah, working. It says it's working as well. Just
2: Where are you going, mate? Clean. Oh, the yeah, high road? Okay, 10p, please. What's that, madam? Oh, you're going... Oh, okay, you're going up into town. That's uh, 15 pence, please, madam.
1: God, there's loads of them and they're all, they're all on eBay and they're all still working.
2: How much, mate?
1: Oh, 30 quid. Fucking hell, that's really cheap. Yeah.
2: We should I get one each and wear them at the live shows.
1: <laughs> I think we probably will. We should
2: stand on the door and give tickets to everyone coming in. Like we did in Sheffield. Like we did in Sheffield. From now on, all tickets <gasps> are bought manually by us on the door via our ticketing machines.
1: Vintage bus ticket machine working f- includes small roll of tickets.
2: Oh fucking up, but it's the little handle mate just a little handle isn't it and you, you can yeah, just got get it between finger it. and thumb and you it's, turn it tight it's, <laughs>
1: it's got the little handle it's got the dials on it so you can count how many tickets that they've sold oh, oh. absolutely might have to cut this episode short so I can go and buy one of them right mm. now
2: the other thing yeah, I, I liked was when you had to ring the bell for the bus to stop if yeah. you were a punter a passenger there was a button ding ding but on the old yeah. Route Master buses, they had um, they had the they had a special one that only conductor I think was allowed to use, and it was a long cable that ran along the ceiling, right? And yeah. it was held to the ceiling in, in metal loops, yeah. And mm-hmm. there was a technique that only the conductor knew. They must have trained them to do it, and I couldn't reach it because I was a kid. But the conductor with two fingers, his two middle fingers, very delicate, as if he were f- mm. fingering a, a lady, would just go...
1: Yeah. Ding,
2: ding! Do you ding know ding. the thing I mean? It's On this just, wire.
1: Yeah.
2: And, the, yeah. and it was like the metal would touch the hoop, and it would go ding, ding! And they wouldn't need to press the button, they'd do it with that. And I used to look at that, and I would marvel at the skill of it. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
2: I'd yeah think, how's dope. it making that beautiful pitch-perfect noise, just from two little, little slight, very almost imperceptible... Little move, movements of the mm. finger. Oh, I love that, mate.
1: I'm looking at these bus these bus ticket machines and they're actually they're not buy it now's they are auction items and I think they'll go for a lot more than thirty quid.
2: Mm. I hope we don't end up bidding against each other, that uh, would be embarrassing.
1: No, that would be silly. We'll have to we'll have to <clears throat> talk to each other and communicate as to what we're doing. Yeah. But there will be that's better to be some buy it now's anyway. I'm gonna look at that. Look at that later on in detail. Um What happens next? Yeah, so he was a bus conductor. And there was the Maidstone and District Bus Company, which is what Mm. he worked for. And they had a concert party, which back then, I guess we're talking 50s, was a thing that was a big thing because there wasn't much entertainment, was there? There was football, Mm. there was the cinema, there was the theatre. Pet shop. And then people would get together at the pet shop. (laughs) People would get together and perform themselves, amateur Theatricals and, and musicians, and mm. they had a concert party. And um, they had a song which was called We Mustn't Miss the Last Bus Home, and they talk about that. And then his fellow band members from the Maidstone, a district bus company concert party, turn up through mm. the door. It's quite confusing, there's a lot of them. I'm not sure if Rod recognizes them, I'm not sure if Len recognizes them. Mm. It's a bit of filler, really, but uh, nice bit of detail. And then um, the story develops that Rod uh, and family moved to Sydney for some reason.
2: Well, there's the pertinent phrase, for some reason. There's a lot of questions and not many answers raised by a lot of this. Like, Mm. we never hear... There's not much mention of his mother. I assume she's brown bread, but the circumstances of that or anything to do with his life, not covered. Fine, that's his business. Number two, the first marriage... The kids are from it, but there's no mention of what went on at all in his life before he met his yeah. his, his current wife. Number three, why did he go to Australia? What was he running from? Lot mm. of lot of things. Lot of things for me, with someone with a curious and inquisitive mind, Andy, I'm there thinking, hang on, there's a lot of stuff that is left unanswered here. Was here we go,
1: here we go. An obituary of uh of Rod, his father Leonard was a jack of all trades, with an optimistic outlook on life and a oh. succession of odd jobs.
2: <laughs> yeah, sounds like my kind of guy.
1: That, <laughs> that sounds that that yeah, that sounds like the the biography of a man who would maybe have to move to Sydney in a hurry. <laughs> I think uh, Rod later recalled life Back, at home was like kids, a panto.
2: Pack up your stuff. We're moving to Sydney, and there's no time to spare.
1: He says, life was like a panto. We were quite poor. My father never succeeded in anything, but that I never worried him. Or me, or my mother Hilda, who was uh, as he was and was terribly proud of him. It was just dad. Life to him was a giggle. He taught me that as long as you've got a sparkle in your eye, life will be good. So, yeah. Um, yeah, 1958 he and his family decided to follow his parents example and emigrate to australia so his parents had already gone there len and hilda but i don't know um I don't know what became of hilda just having a quick look here don't know she's not mentioned again but uh, yeah went to sydney and uh he started writing comedy sketches just fucking turned up Started writing do you comedy notice sketches, a bit where he says, you,
2: you, you started watching, what was it, the, 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 the weekly comedy show, and you thought that you could write sketches just as well. And Rob <laughs> yeah. Hull, at that point pipes up and goes, better. And, yeah. Eamon, and Eamon Andrews kind of goes, oh, oh yes, <laughs> yes, okay. well, you did do it better, like that. And it's the way <laughs> he says it, with a sort of a vicious look in his eye. Just a, You suddenly get a glimpse of his gimlet eye, like better. The real Rod. Yeah, yeah. It was
1: absolute crap. Yeah, 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 he's the, f- the absolute, determined, ambitious I'm
2: telling you now, it was a lot better than anything else they had on. Far superior, uh, he, real
1: comedy. Uh, <laughs> of course, it was Australia. Back, in, back then, Australia was pretty much a third world nation.
2: Yeah, they it's barely a, had a culturally... comedy. <laughs> Best laugh they all, got was seeing their the mate Brits.
1: treading dog mess. All the British to go down there, show them what proper tape it was. And then we Rod starred in his own thing, which was called The Caper Cops. We see a black and white clip yeah, of that. They've done well to get like hold
2: of that. I talked about that before the production team. To search out the archive, and then, of course, it would have had to have been sent on tape, wouldn't it, all the way from Australia?
1: I guess so, yeah. Um, and we see a bit of it. It's a black and white silent comedy. Rod plays a policeman. Uh, and he's got some posters and they keep blowing away. And that's kind of it. It's really weak.
2: It, yeah, but it's just, it's really basic sort of calamity cop. <laughs> There's no kind of structure or punchline. It's just him sort of being a cop. It's kind of sped up and he's just yeah. like getting himself into a bit of a tizzy, really, isn't he?
1: He's po- Yeah, these posters are, f- are blowing away and he's trying to hold them down. And that's it. That's the caper cops. It's the kind of thing you would come up with if you were like five and you wanted to try and, you know, I'm going to do a television programme because I'm five and I can do everything. Yeah. And uh, he'd do that. Um, Yeah, better. And then he came home to look up old friends and then we meet uh, his best mate, Bill Wallace, who went to become a TV writer in Sydney from being an engineer in the UK. And they've been mates since they were both five. And the story is that Rod got Bill Wallace to go back to Australia with him to be his TV co-writer. And Bill Wallace has now been writing in Australia for 17 years. He's just gone down there. I went down there and I started writing.
2: This is one of my favourite bits. This is the opposite of The Bugle Man. Because they get a guest on. First of all, it is a decent surprise because he used to be his best mate and he's flown him all the way from Australia and so it's a big surprise. And this guy, although he's not a performer himself, he is a former performer so he's obviously got something about him because he started out actually performing with Rod before he became a behind-the-scenes guy. Now, I can see by the gait of this man, by his suit, his confidence and his general demeanour that he has become something of a top television executive in Australia – it's obvious, isn't it? He walks out. <laughs> yeah. He's got. I think he's wearing some jewellery or a nice watch. There's something I spotted where you sort of think, yeah, this guy's earned himself a few quid. He's living the fucking dream down he's under, isn't he? Top table. Yeah. And uh, and he come, and he swaggers out, and he's a bit like, all right, cunts. <laughs> yeah, that's ah. right. I went to Australia with Rod. Difference is, I fucking stayed there. Now I've got a swimming pool, and I'm fucking minted. <laughs> And I've got myself a fucking Doris who, who attends to my every whim, and by the way, <laughs> here she is, and then they wheel her out as well I <laughs> noticed, there as well I noticed that they um they they they've spent so much on flying them both over they decide to do two separate reveals one each
1: yeah, get the money's worth it. he's really yeah. getting the money's yeah. worth
2: that, but this guy they're clearly mates and he's he's very good isn't he, he comes out and he sort of owns the stage for yeah. a little bit,
1: yeah. And his his wife's Mavis, And it turns out it's their their 25th wedding anniversary or something like that.
2: Yeah. They
1: announced that as well. Did did you notice a a bit, bit though,
2: after they've said hello and she's happy to, oh, yeah, here I am. And he's like, great. And his fucking mate, I'm just looking at his mate's outfit here, actually. His mate, he's got a (laughs) lovely tan. He's got some really well-pressed and creased... um, slacks flared slacks a wonderful navy a blazer, blazer. In, hasn't he? he looks yeah. like Buttoned tom up. the producer from roger melly the man on the telly he does right yeah. and um <laughs> and he's got one hand casually it's, in his pocket he look, he, he's a he business this looks guy looks
1: like a young harold shipman
2: yeah but he's absolutely a business you know he's made it and he knows he's yeah. made it and he knows that you know he's made it right yeah and um, Dennis Doris comes out. It's all lovely. Rod seems quite is delighted to see them, and I think still looks up to this bloke. And mm. they sit down. And when the Doris sits down, Rod kind of looks quite worried. Half sit, sit, stands up, and just says, so "I need to talk to you." And then they, and <laughs> yeah. then Eamon sort of yes. says to him, "No, sit back down. That's for later." Yeah, and you but, can yeah. see him; he's thinking something, and I don't know what it is. Yeah. Like he doesn't know, does he? About that night we had together. Don't the
1: thing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Not on national television. Oh fuck! Yeah, Rod looks just nervous all the way through, doesn't he? He
2: does look nervous, like he's he's ready for them to reveal something that he doesn't want to be revealed.
1: Yeah. Well, there are one or two things that do get revealed later on, but we'll get to them next time because we're still we still got uh, Larry Grayson. We've still got a crashed boat we still got Michael Parkinson.
2: We've still got um, plenty. And
1: we've still got. Some Michael talk Parkinson. About
2: the- yeah, Rod Hole. Rod Hole, a great comedian. That's not a very good impression. <laughs> I'm trying to do it. I'm, it's not bad. it's uh, not bad. Great comedian. Great. Uh, uh, I suppose his thing would be anarchy. Anarchy, is that really what you and Emu bring to British Light Entertainment? It's not that good.
1: I, I said I'd come on this show, but I would not go within a million miles of that wretched bird. <laughs> we'll get to that next time fucking hate parking Um, mate (laughs) 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 thanks for listening and goodbye goodbye